Hello and welcome back to Pageants and Prosecco. I'm your host, Brett here. Your host is with the Moses for today. And this is going to be a shorter episode because I said so. Because I could do that. But let's talk about the importance of judges who are intimidating, shall we? I have my glass. Do you have yours? You don't have to fill up too much. This is going to be a short one. But a goodie. Shorty, but a goodie. Goes in a slight rhyme. Anyway, let's get into it, shall we? First, let me just congratulate the new inaugural class of the United States of America's Miss Texas. I was fortunate to be on the panel of judges for this year's competition. And I'm actually recording this the night of the pageant. It's 10 o'clock at night. The pageant just finished a few hours ago. And we have four new women who are now winners and are headed to the Miss or United States of America's Miss competition in February in Las Vegas. So congratulations to them. Uh, it is Shannon Dresser, Dresser won Mrs., the married category. Ronica Jackson won Ms. She was Houston. Kendall Cool Hannock won, Miss, won for a Miss as Houston. And for the teen, uh, Blair Messman won from Highland Park. So congratulations to all four of those women. Everybody honestly did really well. I was, like I said, a judge. And they did a round-robin interview for, a round-robin style for interview. And it was three minutes. So afterwards, when the girls were crowned and everything, I went on stage for the judges' pictures and just pictures in general. And one of the contestants who won told me that she and some of the other contestants felt like I, your host here, was intimidating. And I was like, what? Really? What? She's like, yeah, about 80% of people said you were intimidating and 20% said I was fine. I was like, e-gag. But then I thought about it. And I don't know if that should be a good honor to bestow upon myself or if it's a character flaw honestly in me but um let's talk about the importance of having judges who intimidate you okay and so then I can just go ahead and say like I do think I kind of was intimidating but in my defense well not really my defense first of all I've been called intimidating and um uh, I'm trying to think of the worst of the A. I've been called that before. I think it was just intimidating. What, what am I thinking of the sort of the A? Anyway, I've been called it before that I was intimidating. And I think sometimes it's because I don't smile. And some people say I look like I have a resting bitch face, ultimately. Nothing I could do about it. Um, but, 
and I, I'm a very awkward person. If you meet me in person, you have to like come up to me and say hi because it's hard for me to just. I don't like small talk. I feel like it's pointless. I mean, I don't mind talking about the weather because I can literally talk about the weather. Um, but small talk to me is kind of awkward. So for the panel, I just jump straight into questions. Like, boom, like, let's just get into questions. No, hi, hello, how are you today? No, I only have three minutes. I want to get to know you. And I see your resume because they give us a bio sheet to look at ahead of time. And I saw that. And so I wanted to know more about the girls. Like, I see what's on your bio sheet, but I want to talk to you as a person, you know? That's kind of where I was coming from as a judge this time around. And I know I do, like, use scare tactics Kind of on purpose. But I just want to know who you are. And I just want to see... Because, you know, you know, if you have a bourgeoisie attitude, you can put on a pretty good front for three minutes. Um, ultimately, 15 minutes if there's five judges. You know you can put on a good front. You know you can. So I try to dive deeper into some of the character developments of some of these women. And see who they are for, for real, for real. Um, but I say this to say, I did judge a pageant, Miss Black EIU, which I distinctly remember it was in 2017, but I distinctly remember being intimidating on purpose and like having a stone cold, hard stare with the girls. And it was like, it was like panel style, but we were around the table and I would just stare and just looked at them and stared. But I think you can really figure out who's, like, nervous, who has utmost confidence when someone is giving you a blank face and you still have that personality, that bubbleness, that light to you, and you're not caught off guard. Because a lot of times, you know, you never, you never know what the audience is going to do. They might boo you off stage. You still got to go. You never know what people on the streets are going to say as queen. One thing that I got a lot as Miss Black Illinois is, like... Where's a Miss White so-and-so? Or what's the white version? Or, or this is racist. And you just got to keep a, a poker face together and smile and be like, and tell them the importance of having this system and the importance of having pageants that are dedicated to African-American winners. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. My intimidation techniques, that's what I'm talking about. Mm. As I said on this Chardonnay. <laughs> I think it's a benefit to have one judge who is intimidating because they can ultimately um, snap you out of that funk pageant patty mode you might be in. If you're just all kikiing and giggling with all the judges, all of the judges, then, you know, you just, you're probably just a really good actor um, and just able to just compose yourself in a room for so long without catching an attitude. But you know, sometimes if you have a short temper, if someone looks at you the wrong way, you might blow a fuse. And if someone looks at you the wrong way like five times in a day, that fifth person might get an earful, you know? So I think it's always kind of fun and a challenge for me as a judge to have that intimidating factor because then I can see like how short-tempered are you? How quick are you to answer random questions? One of the girls that competed, one of her things on her bio sheet mentioned wine, of course. So with my expertise in such subject matter, (laughs) 
the first question, and then she says she it says she was certified in a wine, um, a industry known certification, one that I am considering myself to get. Um, so I of course start off the interview after she sat down, like you know, what's the five main grapes of Bordeaux? And someone who's certified and had the certification, I think she said she was on level two. Someone who has this kind of certification should know that answer off bat. That shouldn't be a hard question. The five main grape varieties of Bordeaux. And she didn't get them. I think she named one that was incorrect. But I technically didn't even know the answer myself. I knew a few of them. I just wanted to see what she knew. And I just jumped right into it. It's like I said, you waste time with this small talk. But... Whether she was right or wrong, she still gave an answer that was good. I'm like, I just want to know what you bring to the table. And I want to know something that another judge isn't going to ask you. I don't want to have, I want, I don't want you to have the same conversation five times. And I was the last person. Oh, wait, technically, I guess I wasn't the last person. Ha. I was telling somebody that I was the last person the contestants saw. But if we went in a circle, technically, I'm not the last person they saw. But, um... You don't want to have the same conversation five times and just be like, oh, so I see you have your degree from here. Talk about that. I ask some deeper questions. I have a degree in journalism, so I have a background in interview techniques and how to ask questions and how to get an answer that you ultimately want. Some people are really, really good, like esteemed journalists like Oprah. She can get you to say anything, and you might be like, oh, shoot, I didn't want to say that on national TV. But you got to make your interview subject so comfortable Wait, I probably should tell you guys this. But anyway, you got to make your interview subject so comfortable where they just gladly talk to you and feel open to connect with you and your listeners or your audience. Um, and that's on you. That's on you as an interview to make that environment and that atmosphere. If I were to approach an interview like an interrogation, whether on the show or in real life or in pageants, then you're going to feel like you're under arrest, you know? How many times do we see people who are coerced into giving a confession just because they were intimidated by what the police were saying? Like, oh, we know you did it. Just tell us what you did. Or we already know all this. We just need to hear from you. When in reality, they don't know anything. But that's just another way of using interview techniques the wrong way by feeding information. They're like, okay, so what happened to the... I'm, I actually started watching Making a Murder Rest from getting these from, the questions from. They're like, what happened with the car? You're talking to the nephew, Brandon. They're like, Brandon, what happened to the car? Just tell us what happened with the car. Not knowing that Brandon doesn't, he, he didn't know anything about what was going on. But they were feeding him information in question format, like Jeopardy. So that way he'll answer and say, oh, well, he did something to the car. And boom, that's all the evidence that they need was him saying that Stephen Avery did something to the car. But he didn't know that. They fed him that with the question. Blah, blah, interview one-on-one. If you guys want some interview preps, I can help you. If you are a contestant or a title holder and you want some prep for how to work the interview in your favor, I can help you do that. Because there are some answers you can give that will ignite a question in your interviewee so that way they can ask that question. You kind of give them a, a, a broad answer. So that way they be like, oh, wait, I want to know more about that. You just said something good. I want to know more. But I think that I was intimidating me because I had that journalism and I'm used to interviews and I'm used to finding a answer, a question quickly to come up with, to ask somebody so things don't get awkward. 
And things move by so fast. So when they were done, they said time. And now like, I was like, all right, stop talking. Go. I let them finish our sentence. I might even throw in another question. And I said, okay, thank you. That's all I need. I mean, that, I mean, I don't need to have a full, oh, it was so great to meet you. Oh, my gosh. We have to connect. Later. Like, no, it's none of that. This is a one-time deal. I have a job. You have a job. We're Our job is helping get another job done, which is crowning someone. So let's just cut straight to the tape to the chase that's what kind of person I see myself as when it comes to being a judge and since it was individual I had more control if it was panel style I probably would just stare the person up and down and just see if they would get like shaken ultimately that's really what I'm just kind of looking for see if they get shaken not stirred <laughs> so I think we knew need to have a judge that's intimidating because it keeps us on our toes as contestants and I think that's what someone even told me, too, when the queens that was there. They're like, oh, well, that was good. You kept them on your toes. It's not going to be easy. The journey to the crown is not going to be simple. You know, you stressed out over the interview for months or weeks. I'm going to give you something to stress out about. <laughs> and I will say, it was really fascinating. That girl who was certified in wine, she mentioned my bio and that she read it. And today is Sunday. They said they got their books with the judge's information and stuff like that on Friday. So they had time to research us. And she brought up this podcast. She's like, oh, well, I know you have your podcast. And I was like, oh, nice. Because I asked her about title holders and having alcohol. She was a Ms. Uh, was she Mrs.? She was either Mrs. or Ms. contestant. So she was older. And I just asked her, like, what do you think about the stigma around title holders and alcohol? And so then she mentioned, and I'm like, what is the way we can, like, weave into this? That's just me just generally curious. How can I weave pageants and wine together? Because it's such this stigma that we can't drink. Um, but she mentioned the podcast. And I'm like, oh, look at you doing your research like that. So do you guys, are you guys intimidated by intimidating judges? Or do you just keep it going and keep it pushing? I'm kind of curious. Comment on our Instagram underneath this um, post and let me know. I do want to know you guys' feedback. I'm always curious. Sometimes it could feel like I'm talking to myself, but I know you're listening. I know you are. And I do appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in weekly. I appreciate it. And if you can, please like and subscribe so that way iTunes will be like, oh, this is a legitimate podcast. People actually like this. <laughs> but subscribe, 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 and share it with your friends. And also let me know, who would you like to see as our next Queen Crush Wednesday? I know tons of you guys truly enjoyed that episode with Danny, and I appreciate all the feedback I've gotten on that episode and all the plays it's gotten. It's one of my highest played episodes to date. And I can only really go higher from here with our next queen crushes on Wednesday. So I'm excited to see how many more people I can uh, entertain on my podcast. So thank you guys for listening to the episode. And thank you for playing it two times or three times or however many times you played it. Cause I know you guys did it a lot. Cause I can see the numbers. But thank you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoy all the episodes. And go ahead and catch up if you haven't. Until next week, you guys. Cheers.